talked a bit about effect of, of faith and ardor resisting the pun <laughs> and uh, so then yeah, virya energy <coughs> quality of, of application in this case so you can you know, energy can have broader <coughs> broader connotations to it in English language both sort of enthusiasm and energy and application and also an energized um, result but, uh, so in the practice you have the things that generate energy such as you know, faith, eagerness, uh, urgency, aspiration, devotion, things that sort of lift up. Then you have the actual application, <coughs> virya and pahana, effort. <coughs> and then you have the results, which are things like piti, rapture, and uh, uh, pramodja, jo- uh, gladness. Mm. Sukha, evenness, pleasant, easy qualities, an uplifted state. Sukha, not dull, sleepy state, but bright, tranquil, where the, the energy is, is bright, it's alive, but it's, it's all contained and collected, quality of samadhi. <coughs> so in terms of application, um, To apply oneself without um, losing the quality of s- settledness, settled back. Mm. And so, if we if we don't apply ourselves a settled back state, we start to can get kind of uh, dull, stagnant, laid back, not, not settled, but kind of laid back or um, you know, contract or a dull state. But then if the problem can be applying oneself, one gets too agitated or restless or intense. So trying to apply oneself from a settled state. <coughs> Which I think is, is where the you know, tactile um, sensitivity is, is a very useful thing to develop. It's naturally with the the eyes, one tends to peer forward, but when you want to receive something more clearly in tactile consciousness, you don't, you know, cringe forward. You actually stay on and, and sensitize, become more uh, attuned. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't lose the, the settled position, but you, you tune in more fully. Mm-hmm. So it's being more receptive. More fully receptive, more in a more focused way. So staying centered and feeling more fully what what occurs, what happens. Mm. So in this um, the Anapanasati Sutta, it's a phrase that occurs a few times is Pati Sangvedi. Vedi is to feel. To sang is is to you know, really feel, and pati is to thoroughly feel. So it's thoroughly, really feeling it. <laughs> it's, so these are two emphatics on the 
the, the quality of really fully sensitive to. Mm. Um, so one's receptors do get clogged and distracted, looking for things that are more stimulating or um, stuck in things that are more irritating or distressing, you know. Um, so the what's called vitaka vichara is the effort to to attune to the aim and the focal point of meditation theme. And these are rather like uh, the qualities of mindfulness and full knowing, such as sampajanya, which deal with this in a kind of broad sense. Mindfulness is the quality of really being with, you know, in the presence of what's going on. Sampajanya is fully knowing it, feeling it out, understanding it, what what's it's about, how one's doing with it. So it's a more uh, agile quality in a way, more informative. Vitaka Vichara works similarly to that, it's, but it's more the close-up focusing on the moment. Vitaka is, is an act of acknowledgement. Ah. 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 Like so it's called, uh, sometimes, there's a number of translations, directed thought, initial application, initial thought, thought conception, thinking. Um, so it's, it's to do with um, the um, <coughs> sankapa, uh, the right, uh, sama sankapa, the right, um, whatever we take sankapa to mean, resolution, resolve, thinking, um, you know, this quality, it's an act of mind. There's certain activity of mind that occurs. The degree of thinking that goes on with it is minimal. Um, it can be just, mm, uh. But when you acknowledge something, for example, how much thinking do you have to do to acknowledge? You know, it's cold. It's wet. You, know, you don't do a lot. It's just that moment where you really get it. Uh and you're there with it. That's vitaka, that particular activity. So when we're sensitive, you know, and there's a sense of enthusiasm and eagerness, what am, what's really, what am I sensitive to? What, what is it? You know, you really want to know. Then, oh, it's that. It's vitaka. Vichara is the uh, quality of, say, um, Sometimes called sustained thought, or a pl- or um, evaluation, um, exploration. So it, it's something that, that backs up that initial act of acknowledgement by um, getting a more uh, resonant feeling for it. What's it like? We could say, and this again happens in in daily life. You know. You, you pick up something, oh, it's oh, it's not too hot. So you get the immediate thing of, oh, it's, it's you know, it's this. And then, oh, it's kind of, ooh, is it sort of rough or, you know, sticky or, you know, there's a little bit of 
feeling it out. So these two are rather like the way that a hand operates, and it just helps when you think of these things in tactile ways. You touch something, and then you you feel it. If you don't touch it, you can't possibly feel it. You touch it, and you you feel it. Um, With vichara, you've got to be cautious of the sense of when one handles something, you can get into all kinds of ruminations of, oh, it's like this, it reminds me of that, I wish I had one of those, and this is what I use, you know, those sorts of things. But it's, again, it's, it's fairly curtailed. It's just exactly, it's just like this. Mm. So um, these two help in this way to bring around this quality of energy through the medium of Dhamma Vijaya, spiritual inquiry, which is considered to be the basis of, of energy. It's not force, it's inquiry. But it's not a, an intellectual inquiry, it's more a, a tactile, feel-it-out inquiry, evaluation. So when we come into bodily experience, feeling it out. <coughs> this, this is where the, um, the elements you know, are, are useful. Um, categories of ways of defining experience because they're not you say you feel out that's a bone, you don't feel a bone you feel hard pressure, resistance you don't feel an ear you feel sort of what's that? it feels like not so much pressure as a bone not as, as supple as a lip you know, so it these different textures of of um, rupa. Mm-hmm. So learning to feel, sense, feel both one, one's body and even items that one touches in in elemental terms helps to just take away, rub out perceptions that we don't need for things that are much more simple and tactile and, and less personal. You can admire somebody's ears, but you don't admire their earth element. Say your earth element really turns me on, or I dig the way your water flows. But you can get into shapes and and substances, uh, you know, as 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 visual things, where all the you know the mischief and the whatever goes on, the proliferation occurs. <coughs> The earth element is a rough term for the experience of mass, weight, solidity, firmness, um, pleasant or unpleasant. So when it's pleasant, it feels firm. When it's unpleasant, it feels heavy you know, or rigid, too pure. So, and you can feel it certain parts of your body, for example, your back may feel nicely firm. If you had that same sensation in your, in your belly, it would be, God, you know, I'm really tight here, tense. So, you, you know, so you're able to acknowledge different qualities of earth in the bodily presence. 
and they all have their place. And if they're out of place, you get the sense of things being wrong. So if you if you if your belly feels like your back, something's wrong. Mm. The earth element is too strong. Water element is the quality of plasticity, suppleness. Um, it's the way that thing that binds things together into harmonious forms, cohesive, adhesive state. So the the way the body is is all bits of it all bound together. And you can feel the suppleness of parts of the body, the softer tissues, more supple and plastic. Um, you get that impression. A fire element, heat or cool, quality of calorisity. The air element, quality of mobility, movement, mm. very rapid change, fluttering, pulsing, and so on. So these are these descriptions are, are more metaphors. Um, so you can certainly you can feel air as the, the pulses in the blood. Mm. And also energies. The Buddha talks about air element being wind that passes through the limbs. You know, we don't. You know, there isn't any actual air going through the limbs, but there certainly there are airy energies that run through the limbs. The body trembles and surges. So, there's what we can literally air the breath, and then metaphorically we can use these as things that are helpful for developing vitaka, you know, the ability to acknowledge, ah, that vichara, ah, oh, it's like that, it feels like earth, it feels like rigid earth, it feels like firm earth, it feels like, you know, earth with a bit of water in it, supple, it feels very uh, sloshy, it feels almost formlessly, um, you know, the way that the earth has gone, gone completely, just an oceanic swampy feeling um, and, and um, just being able to contemplate and detect these qualities in the body as we sit or walk stand or recline and even externally internally then externally seeing other bodies as earth as as you know a certain sense the eye moves out and it hits this form and it's held there so it occupies an amount of space, it has a certain shape to it, that's its wateriness, its, its ability to form a shape. It, it, bodies generally are moving, even when we're sitting still, there's the breathing of the body, which you can see. You compare it when you see a dead body, you realise what stillness really looks like. You know, and nobody sits still till they're dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that you can, even a subtle movement, like that. When you contemplate your internal external forms this way, you begin to see how how anonymous it all is. It's just that. How shared it all is. We're all earth, air, fire, water. It's just that. And the particular, you know, percentages of that. Uh, but around the whole form, when it's not seen in that way, 
one gets a different perception. You know, you recognize a person probably by just by their, their face or the way their body moves, the posture, or even this way of walking, you can see from the distance. So you get this kind of sanya of a person around what is really a chosen few attributes of movement or, or solidity or uh, plasticity. <coughs> when we contemplate elements, the mind, because it's given such simple, um, impersonal elements to work with, it, it quietens down uh, and there's a lot more space in the mind. Contemplating feeling in a similar way, the fieriness of physical feeling, or it's a kind of, or the airiness, the movement of it, or the, the when you get a kind of feeling like the feeling of sitting on the ground, or sitting on the floor, it's kind of dull or steady, stable quality of, of, of sensations. Earth. Neutral feelings like earth. You can contemplate mind states like that. You know, firm mind or a mind that's gone um, so firm it's gone dull. Um, and in recognizing uh, these, contemplating them as they are, actually in the body, develops the sense of thorough sensitivity. Other elements are more inferred by the absence, or, or the, the absence of other elements is called the space element. So it can be the, the spaces within the body, space around the body. Consciousness is an inferred element, that which is able to receive the elements. So that space and consciousness are, have a similar um, function in a way. Uh, space is that which permits physically the other elements to be there, they occupy space, space yields before them. Um, and consciousness is that kind of space, if you like, or able to receive the impressions of, of the body. And depending on how you use it, you can have many, many elements or properties, they're not purely physical. But these, these six, um, and uh, perhaps the as we as we meditate as we meditate, what becomes uh, of paramount significance is the space element and the consciousness element, where the consciousness element um, is actually receptive, um, whether it's in, in te- tense or tight, flaccid, whether it actually is being conscious. Mm-hmm. It's in good tune, it's healthy, where the space element is allowing, uh, is present. Yes, these two, uh, even though they're inferred, are in a way that they are the overseers of the others. With these two, we can, we can let the others can find their balance. There's enough space, the earth settles down, and it feels 
nice and spread, it doesn't feel tight and compacted. There's enough space, the air element's got room to move. Mm. The fire element can radiate, it's not just burning and intense, it can radiate and warm, and should become like luminosity. So if there's no space, then these all these elements get cramped up, and uh, and then the the, uh, the kind of congestedness and the disease can occur. Space um, detected externally and internally. As you um, you contemplate space around. Uh, around the body, the space in which we, we walk through space, uh, we carry, we walk into the very space in front of us, we stand surrounded by space, um, there it is, you know, it, it is spacious, <laughs> it allows. It can be unnoticed, and then we feel we have no space. Everything's pressing in on me. Uh, all these people here. There's too many things going on. Actually, there's always space if you know, if you tune into it. It's part of the problem can be that we're, we're so used to reaching out to objects that appear within space that we jump over it. Um, one's mind is drawn, attracted, irritated, you know, compelled into some kind of magnetic um, you know, uh, experience with, with objects. Um, so what we tend to lose first of all is external space. Mm. And so that one gets uh, tense or edgy or feels compacted uh, and we lose the internal space. Internal space is um, say recognizing what has a what has a core. Now, when you feel your way into your body, you can feel the different pressures and textures there. And then beneath that, or within that, there is a there's a non there's a non texture, not a quietness or inner core quality, inner space. Uh, and the more clearly we discern the textures of, of form, of, of bodily form, the more clearly one recognizes that, then we are able to acknowledge you know, there's also this place which is open, which is not occupied, which is an internal reference. This is really uh, valuable because if anything, this is a, this is. This is one's abiding on the on the physical level is contemplative. To have this inner space, you don't know how big it is because space doesn't really have measurements to it. Uh, it's where we settle back, we settle back, we come into that viveka. And it's rather like, you know, uh, instead of being out on the edges, uh, fencing off things, tackling with things, vibrating with things, you know, we come back in from that. You know, from the external senses, we come back in through the skin, we feel the pressure, weight of the body, the warmth of the body. You know, what's, what's within that? 
and it may be something to detect first of all in the chest or in the throat, round about there, a kind of a, an openness. Mm. <coughs> now, if one, which is so, if we can discern that place where the pressure isn't it's not warm or cold, there's no particular movement. Then we can feel that around that, the various textures of the body, the tingling, the skin, and then outside that, external space. When you're walking along, you feel sense of moving into external space and then there may be other elements within that such as the coolness or the dampness or the mobility of air but even when you're walking along in a, in a still quiet room or just standing still you can detect the sense of you know, space around and when you detect that it's, in, it's detectable by the, the absence of pressure of the pressure that one may have felt the body had, you know, oh, a little more, less pressure here. The, the, um, the skin tingles a little more, it's not so, it's, a more, it's got more room to breathe in a way. So that may be your first indication, then you recognize, well, actually, where is that? And how is that happening? And you begin to detect this quality of, of space around externally which, as I said, it often gets lost because of the abrasiveness or violence of sense contact, whereby when you know, things happen quickly, things jump, things start, things bounce, responses are asked for immediately, hurry, ding, 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 next thing, what out, uh, what was that, and so forth. That you, you know, space is a waste of time, get out of the way, get to the, get to the, uh, you know, the, the contact as quick as possible get conditioned out of us. Mm. So you even see another human being, you start, as soon as you see one, you start to lose your space. Because you're so conditioned into, you know, you've got to be out on the edge of your skin to deal with this. You know, come up with something to deal with it. Actually, no, right now, no, we don't, actually. So, is very useful when you're seeing other people. It's, well, that's just earth, isn't it? That's just a shape. I can call it John or Sue or whatever, but really, I'm just detecting a, a physical form. I don't need to don't need to kind of crawl all over that, or you know, work out strategies with it, or defend myself from it. Or you can feel the kind of arise something arises, you're rising up to contact it. Yeah. Even you don't necessarily physically contact it, the kind of flushing can come up to prepare oneself to engage or whatever. Just contemplate that. Mm-hmm. Where does that occur? Yeah. How does the, the tonality change when you see another person? Just contemplate it, not to even check it, but it's just that. Nothing, it, there isn't somebody out there that's doing that to you. No, one does it, one system does that. 
You don't do it when you see a tree, or you may do it to a lesser extent. But you see one of these physical forms, and ooh, comes up. Someone you know, a little more. Someone you've got some kind of angle on, there's a little more to it. But it's all a rising, an arising tone, a rising tonalization. You may find yourself up in your head, or, somewhere, or in a kind of tightening your chest up, you know, depending on what kind of um, you know, programming is going on. Just to acknowledge that, and then here it is. Now, can I come back into just the textures of this bodily form and you know, the tensing up or the charging up? Then, where's it occurring? Then, relaxing back. So, you begin to, to um, manage. Um, this uh, responsiveness, not to ch- stop it, but just to manage it. Because, you know? of course, on occasions we do need to respond, but in a less compulsive way. And one of the trainings in being able to live as a contemplative is to be able to, you know, know when's the time to follow that rising up. What kind of rising up is necessary? You know. Not that we shouldn't respond, but when is what kind of response is necessary? How is it? You know? And we can either over-respond or under-respond. Over-respond, you're already apologising for something before somebody's... What's going on? You already feel anxious. You know? Or you've got to get something across quick. Mm-hmm. This can happen quite a lot in, in, in community life. Very quick kind of thing. Oh, this okay. There's that. Hmm. Hmm, don't need to do anything right now. Maybe just sense of may you be well. Nice. Hmm. <laughs> uh, let, let it so that the response can be one that that's a more rising up from a, um, a more centered and dhammic perspective than just the compulsive sense contact or psychological patterning of whatever you know it can be. <coughs> this is very useful when we in, in community life, seeing people and then what rises up with that. Now, if we don't struggle with all that rises up, we acknowledge that's the, you know, whatever it is, the irritation or joy, and acknowledge that, just relax so that that can express itself internally and let that do what it needs to do, so that it just subsides. And then if one's has stayed with that process behind that, comes up something more universal and finer. Rather like you, your first reaction is to the person. You know, what person means to you. The second response is probably something more like what is another being there, another sentient being. Oh. The response perhaps to something that's more universal, kindly, equanimous. Because yeah. so our ability to respond is, is um, part of our 
resource. <clears throat> but we, so instead of that, learning to, to just let the immediate programmed you know, psychological, personal, whatever it is, thing come up, pass away, and then behind that, what's that? Just another human being. Or, and it's, then we actually one can recognize that it's, it's very beautiful. Like the, the consciousness element, it's got its different levels of, of conditioning, and you get this um, social behavioral conditioning, which can be where you know the agitation is, or the compulsions are, the impulsiveness. And you can, oh, I'm always like, always so this, that, and the other, and she always does this, and she always winds me up. And, and I can make a lot out of that. But just to, Say, okay, right, well that happens, and now, you know, without putting any more effort onto it, it can subside, and behind it is just a sense, perhaps, of another human being. And what that brings up something more universal and uh, beneficial. The consciousness element then is more um, fully attuned, and not just dealing with the, ex- the, the, the social conditioning, dealing with something more primary than that. Mm. Now these, these elements of space and consciousness are really um, things we develop. Now if we don't, we're not able to, we haven't done that, haven't been told, instructed, haven't learned, haven't practiced with that, and it takes uh, situations, structures, forms to be able to do that. Then what gets lost is a sense of external space. Mm. Always feel jangled by everything, you know, full, 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 impacted, impinged upon everything, because you know one system just goes to that that um, reactive level. Get me out of here, out of space. Yeah. But really we haven't dealt with the space thief, which is our own reactive consciousness, is the, is the thief of space. If we can check that, then space can, external space can come back to us. We have the opportunity um, situation, people in training, um, quiet retreat, well behaved, nice people, good intentions and all that, patient, doing the best they can and so forth, to be able to get that consciousness to, to relax and allow things to be a little more spacious. External space can then come back to us and we can recognize something that's really always there. It's a little more charged than internal space because of the, um, the potency 
of, of, of uh, the power of what can occur within that. So it's a little more sort of charged and, and mobile in a way. Internal space is something that you're able to um, acknowledge perhaps when there is some external space. Because then we're not drawn out to the edge of our skin. We're not uh, armoured or padded or reaching out. So the attention isn't all the way out here, it can settle back. And this is quiet space, internal space. Again, supported by consciousness, because what dogs and removes the internal space is the mental and psychological stuff. Thinking, worrying, wanting, not wanting, planning, doubting, remembering. Um, no space in here either. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm thinking too much, no space in here, then you think there's no space out there. We've lost our internal space. Uh, we feel congested wherever we are. Sitting in your room, there's not enough space. Um, you know, middle of the desert, not enough space. Because the system is overcharged with the thoughts and doubts and worries and so forth. So here again, consciousness seems to be really enhanced so that to regain that thought contact is the thief of internal space. Unruly thought, uh, proliferating emotions are the thieves of internal space. So we need to attune consciousness, and this so the very act of vitaka itself is a kind of firming up of that of that uh, thought faculty. So, you know, where is it now? Touch it now. What's it feel like now? Instead of proliferating, rambling, reacting, trying to stop reacting, proliferating about trying to stop reacting. Where will I be able to stop reacting? Um, I need somewhere where I don't have to react so much, and so forth. So, well, what's that? This is cause agitation. So, just simplifying it all. What's the tonality of all that? Where it's it's agitated, it's restless, it's it's like fire, it's like air. You know? So we're not blaming or accusing or you shouldn't be this way about it all because that just adds more emotional stuff to the mix. Taka using very simple um, um, acknowledgements like this. You, know, you, see, you call this say, agitation, or even because agitation may have a, a pejorative sense to it, shouldn't be this way. We just call it busy, bustling, busy. You know. If you're irritable, just call it sensitive. You know. You're sensitive, okay, or or. Uh, <coughs> you know, down to very simple elemental qualities. 
the tonal qualities of something. Sharp, bright, intense, spacious. Sticky, slow, foggy. So, if you so if you use these kind of simple ways of of tackling the tonal quality of the thought or the emotion, it helps to come out of the cycle of thinking about thinking about one's thinking or feeling upset about one's upset about being upset and so on or doubting one's anger or feeling guilty about one's greed or feeling annoyed about one's guilt about one's greed or feeling bored with one's being annoyed about one's guilt about one's greed or feeling frustrated about being bored about one's guilt about one's anger and so on so you just get this kind of puncture proliferation and say Feels, it feels like it's sort of clawing, it feels tight, it feels sucking, and so forth. You know, this way we're re-establishing um, quality of property of consciousness is to be conscious, um, to receive, to define. Consciousness is two operations: one is it's receptive, the other is it, it um, defines it. Um, differentiates. You know, hot is not cold. So, you know. so that just keeping it. There's no emotional take on that. Now, if we try to almost um, use these mind-body things as as, as co-relatives then you know the, the flustered mental state the, the loss of inner space the flustered mental state what does it feel like in the textures of the body you feel uh, trembling um, rigid you know, a lot of fire running around watery formless shape you know shapes all flowing all over the place or whatever so just being able to feel it physically physiologically and then say, well, you know, what does the is it a place where we can rebalance that? We can come back to the firmness of the back, softness of the breathing in and out, suppleness of that, mm. the slow, steady air element, breathing in and out, and the tonal qualities of, of what these bodily things can do, just attuning to those bringing that tone to bear upon the afflicted tone. So, you know, Vitaka, touch it, Vichara, what's it like? And then with uh, uh, ability uh, to develop some uh, banya around that, some responding to it rather than reacting to it. Bringing the healthy elements to bear upon our diseased ones. So you always want to approach the disease from a place of health, not from a place of disease. 
you add dis-ease to dis-ease. Disease plus disease equals disease squared. <laughs> or something like that. Whereas, you know, you get so you can't you just in your in your in your worry and you get this bodily sensation and emotional sensation, you think and you just stay in that. Think well I work through it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe eventually the system just kind of spasms out of it. Um, but it, it's a rough ride. Um, well, things maybe just eventually cave in. And, uh, but be able to approach one's dis-ease from a place of, of, of health, the tonality of, say, the upright body, or the chanting, the tone of chanting, or the steadiness of walking, just walking up and down, steady, boom, 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 no big thing, walking along, easy flowing, just bringing that rhythm to bear upon a flustered mind or impatient mind, just slow walking, standing, and so on. So these are the basic reversal processes of meditation. So one needs to establish uh, and get access to tonal tonal well-being, the tone of it. Something all of us have. Uh, we're not term, you know, we're not in a mutilated mind. There's a tonal well-being. Parts of the body ache, parts of it feel not so good, but you know, and you can absorb into that tonality and make it into a total. Or you can see, well this is this, you know, this cough affecting the throat. I feel quite well, you know, in general, but this is sort of things affecting the throat. It's there. Uh, you know, pain affecting the back or the knees, but that's there. And the arms are fine. And um, fine. And a general sense of when you come to things like more internal qualities, the the general the flow of the blood, the pulse of the heart, the general sense of body, if you attune to that, um, is alive. And so you, you can find a resource of well-being in a physical sense um, as a basis of just walking along, sitting, standing. The important thing, I think, is to know this and to remember you know, the center, the quiet center, you have a supportive space. Supportive space. Um, you have to attend to those with faith, you know, lifting yourself into that, remembering that, mindfulness, put the effort into it. 
and it, it's immensely for one's welfare to establish resource as a reference. We don't, if we ignore it, we can lose it altogether. <coughs> Tonality is dis-ease as the definitely has the potential to drag any of us into hell. Confusion, pretamokas, um, can do that. So because uh, tonality of mind tends to be taken as a whole distort on everything. I am depressed, thou art depressed, they are depressed, we are depressed, it will be depressing, it shall be depressing. So you decline the whole uh, world, uh, conjugate it in terms of one tonality. Yeah. Jitta does that. It, it tends to, get, to take a particular impression and make it a universal self, me. So Vitaka Vichara is that the applied attention, the, the quality of what the power of attention is, is to, is to define objectively the boundaries of things. So jitta tonalizes but tends to universalize. So it's this much. It's like this now. It wasn't like that yesterday. It occurs when that happens, but not when that happens. Mm-hmm. And what happens actually? Well, you know, I see that, I think that, and then there's this blur, and I'm out there. I remember this, and there's a kind of whirl, and I'm in there, down the hole again. So it's dependent on that particular thought or impression. You know, you know can one maybe first of all avoid those, or recognize, the, say, that when that comes up, to refer to a, to a, a strong place within his meditation, recollections, mindfulness, to to hold one in that. This is how samadhi develops. So faith, effort, energy, and then mindfulness is the kind of that which stabilizes. And then samadhi is the quality that's able to suffuse. So you find the bright tonality and then samadhi has the ability to, to generalize that. So you know, from just breathing in and out and focusing on that and getting the particular resonances in that, you can tonalize the whole of the body-mind with a bright suffusion. So there's that particular possibility. But doing it is is another thing. (laughs) So Vitaka Vichara, and these elements are offered as ways and means to um, checking the flow of hindrance and finding some clear, clear space. <coughs>